In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Baseball isn't boring is all about celebrating the people who love baseball, who want to love baseball, who want to embrace the idea of everything that baseball encompasses. We want to celebrate those, and we want to educate, and we want to inform, and we want to entertain. Well, one of these people who doesn't have that same sort of mindset, doesn't have that same motivation, is Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, obviously a great talk show host. He doesn't live in that mansion for, for no reason. Great talk show host. But as you're going to hear in one of these clips we're about to play, he's not paying attention. It, it's path of least resistance. And we have no time for path of least resistance. We're doing this podcast every single day. Every single day. There's a ton of other people out there giving you great content on baseball every single day. And they don't always have to be baseball-centric. They're all over the place. They can talk football, basketball, hockey, whatever it is, soccer. And they can still talk baseball. But Stephen A. Smith, well, first of all, let me play you the clip that got everyone going on Stephen A. Smith. And that was when he was talking about Shohei Itani. I hope that it would make the Angels and everybody else come to their damn senses it is no, I don't want to hear any discussions anymore about him getting a half a billion dollars. I want to hear it, okay? The fact is, is that you can't pitch until 2025, all right? Secondly, it's going to be, you're going to be compromised in terms of what you're able to do in the field. Number three, damn it, the Angels don't win. When you look at the, when you look at the Dodgers, when you look at the Braves, when you look at various other teams, ain't got nobody on there making half a billion dollars. You're not, there's a bunch of empty seats that I see when Shohei Otani's pitching, let alone hitting. The Angels come to town. You're not feeling anything. You're not winning. I'm not giving up that kind of money to him. No, you don't need it. Baseball is showing you. And then when you take into account the new rules, when you take into account, listen, you see the shift rules. You see the new pitching, you know, the things that favors pitching. You see a lot of stuff that's going on. You see the run production. You see stolen bases. You see more home runs, more runs overall. You see it catering more, doggy. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're right. Mr. Mr. High Heat. You see the sport catering. Athleticism. Athleticism. I am in no way implying that Shoei Otani doesn't have that too. What I am saying is because the game is evolving in a way that shows you there's a multitude of ways to, proverbially speaking, skin the cat and win baseball games. This dude hasn't been doing that for the Angels. If I'm winning without paying somebody a half a billion dollars, why would I go and pay him a half a billion dollars? Especially since you can't pitch 
until 2025. I don't know what you're going to look like when you get back. I don't know if your career as a pitcher is over. I'm not giving Shohei Otani that money. Clearly, you know, he's grasping. He's grasping at straws. He's basically doing what I've seen a lot of talk shows hosts do, which is I'm going to grasp onto this one thing, which kind of has a take, dig in on it, and then go from there. Except it's so flawed. It's so flawed. And and now you're digging in even more, and it's not going away because now it's become a shtick. Next thing you know, he's throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. All right, well, here's before we get to the final clip of someone – talking about or going after Stephen A. Smith. Let's hear how Stephen A. did when it comes to throwing out the first pitch. All right, that's Jack Hur, the guys from Yes, friend of the program. So finally, I'm going to give you Fuzzy, YouTuber Fuzzy, who calls in. And this is where Stephen A. exposes himself. You're going to hear him say he doesn't have time to watch baseball. So, you know, don't blame him if his takes are stupid. Here's Fuzzy the YouTuber talking to Stephen A. I just feel like I don't, there's something with you and Otani, and it dates back to last year. And, you know, I have a channel, only baseball, 450,000 subs. So I'm trying to be respectful, but we're kind of on the fence about you when it comes to your baseball knowledge. Like, we're just wondering, when it comes to your takes with baseball, we want you to talk baseball. We want ESPN to bring baseball tonight back. We miss it dearly. Right. But the baseball community almost right. thinks that you kind of – We'll speak on feelings, but, but, and we think, okay, okay is well, baseball well, going to be done on ESPN? Okay, or? well, first, first, stop right there. Stop right there. First of all, do me a favor. Tell a baseball community to shut the hell up. Let me Why tell you what. Why would we do that? Let me, Why would we do that? Uh, I have four oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, be quiet. You're going to call up. You're going to ask me a question. Let me answer. Blasphemous. I know baseball, the sport, what happens is because I'm so busy with other sports watching it, I don't get to watch as much baseball. But the reason why we don't watch as much baseball, Fuzzy, if you did your homework, is because people don't care ratings-wise when we're watching baseball. We're trying to change that. We love the fact that Mad Dog Russo is on it. Mad Dog Russo knows that I know baseball, meaning I know the sport. I just don't get to watch anything other than the New York Yankees, which is my hometown team, because a lot of times I'm preoccupied with other sports. But secondly and more importantly, when I'm addressing baseball topics, Fuzzy, I'm only addressing stuff that's really pertinent in the news. All right, I don't have any more time for Stephen A. Smith, honestly. I don't, because we're going to talk about someone who loves baseball, someone who is giving us uh, examples all over the place of why this game is so great not only on the field, but off the field. And that is artist Jonas Never. Now our our ambassador, our artistic ambassador to baseballs and boarding, Jonas Never. His most recent project, the one that has gotten a lot of, lot of attention, rightfully so, is his mural of Joe Kelly. Not the mural of Joe Kelly he already did at Floyd's Barbershop of him pouting. We're going to talk about that. But one in Dodger Stadium. He just did one in Dodger Stadium of Mariachi Joe. They are putting that smack dab in the middle of Dodger Stadium. The ambassador, the godfather, Joe Kelly, immortalized thanks to Jonas Never. Jonas, former baseball player, loves baseball, loves the idea of baseball, loves everything that baseball represents, and also sees everything in that when he paints these murals 
most notably the murals he has done with Joe Kelly. So we're doing this, yes. We're doing this podcast because we love these murals of, of Joe. He is the godfather of this whole thing. You know the story. The whole thing got launched because of Joe. But also because we know that Jonas Never represents everything that Stephen A. Smith doesn't. He represents the love of baseball, and he wants to show the world and let the world enjoy it in the way that he can deliver it. All right, here you go. It's a good podcast. Here's Jonas Never. All right, well, the podcast is called Baseballs and Boring, and we have people on who, who make that the reality, and today is a perfect example of that. Jonas Never, who is um, – I want to say, Jonas, you're, like, you're the face of – making baseball not boring in the art world. I'm just going to say that. There you go. Thanks. I appreciate it. Luckily, I have some pretty entertaining subject matter. So. Yeah, well, yeah. So, uh, so in a nutshell, you know, the, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to rattle through some stuff here. You, you played at the same college. You were a relief pitcher, correct? At UC Riverside. Correct, yes. Oh my goodness. I almost yes, said Irvine. I, I apologize. Everyone does. It's, it's, it's a constant thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a relief pitcher there, um, and uh, you you really like your street mural um, career took off. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to be wrong. But the stewards you did one with Stuart Scott back in 2015 got a lot of attention, yeah. right? And that's sort of where, as I think you said, like your career sort of gets launched from that, right? I'd say in the sports world, yes. Um, so Riverside, for those who don't know, the quarter system, which means. You have eight weeks to take a class, which combined with baseball and living a college life and just being a human is really hard to study. So I'd done graffiti growing up in like Santa Monica and Venice. And I was like, maybe I'll take art classes where I don't actually have tests. I can just paint stuff. And I realized how much I love painting. And then when my shoulder ended up falling apart a few years later, I didn't really know what to do with my life. And I started working in you know movie posters and LA's got so much like in the movie industry and TV industry. I started doing that, but it was kind of wasn't really fulfilling, and it wasn't like the team kind of thing I was used to doing with baseball. So I was like, "What can I do that combines my loves?" And right around that, I started painting a bunch of Floyd's barbershops and stuff, and doing murals. But I didn't want it to be generic. I didn't want it to be like just like a girl with a flower. I wanted something that like the neighborhood or the city could tie into. And I was like, "Dude, like sports in LA are so on top." Like growing up as a kid and seeing like the, you know the Magic Johnson like Lakers teams and the Kirk Gibson home run, I'm like. Why are people not painting this? But everyone's wearing Dodger hat, but no one's painting it. So then I kind of dove into that. And then as the years went by, I just, you know, kind of followed my passion, what was in, interesting me and entertaining me in sports and just kept painting it. I mean, and so so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work backwards. So mm-hmm. the most recent thing, which is, you know, the, 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 the itch that we're scratching is that, you know, you have, you painted your second mural, I, your second big mural of Joe Kelly. This one is, and I'm going out there as we speak. I'm getting ready to go to the airport, but the uh, I'm going to see it in person. It's in Dodger Stadium, correct? It's in Dodger Stadium. A mural, uh, uh, yeah. Jonas Never mural on a wall of Joe Kelly. Uh, in this case, Mariachi Joe Kelly is in Dodger Stadium. And I know that you have another mural yes. in Dodger Stadium. But, okay, we got the base of where you came from, of, you know, relief pitcher whose arm hurt, so, you know, found this path. But you could have never imagined, ever, 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 that you would be painting things, these enormous, these, these, these 
magnificent things inside Dodger Stadium. I mean, I don't know when you're doing it because this happened. You did this a, a week or so ago, right? The yes, yeah, I did a uh, Thursday, Friday. I revamped the old, the old mural, which Joe's actually hidden in the background on his knees. Drag. If you look in the background of the existing Dodger mural, Joe's there too, making the pouty face. But then, yeah, the Thursday, Friday on that one, then Saturday, Sunday, and led into Monday on the on the one of Marachi Joe. So when you're doing it, does it? I mean, I know you've done a lot of cool stuff. But you're in Dodger Stadium. They're letting you. They're letting you <laughs> basically be like be part of like be be a permanent part of this thing. Like does does that hit? Does Dude, that hit for so, you? It's so it's so wild. Well, like, well, when I'm actually painting, you get those moments like you'll go to like wash your hands and get the spray paint off them, and I'll be just like looking out at right field. But like I think it was Sunday night. They were still open, or they're flying back from Seattle, so it's a totally empty stadium. I'm just walking. Through the stadium just to kind of taking a lap and like dude i'm the only person in dodger stadium besides a few like maintenance guys it's so weird like i called my dad like just like tripping out like dude like i never in a million years would have thought that i'd have access to this kind of stuff and even driving in the morning feeling like paul walker in the beginning of fast and the furious is doing a lap around the dodger stadium parking lot it's like it's so surreal and it's so cool and just being from la it's like it's one of those things that as a kid i, I wouldn't even have dreamed that it was a possibility so, um, <laughs> so, so take me through how this latest one came about. Um, so obviously, you know, we, you know, congratulations. You are part of the, the, the select few people who are part of the damn near perfect game, a, a prominent part of a damn near perfect game where we talk about the mural that you had on Floyd's barbershop uh, on the side in which I have made a pilgrimage a couple different times. So I appreciate it. And um, oh, so, so, you did the, the the pouty face Joe Kelly huge huge uh, wall and and obviously just got a lot of play rightfully so so thanks now but Joe's with the White Sox and Joe yeah. I mean we've talked about this we've had Joe on a couple times like oh my goodness the clouds parted and he landed back with the Dodgers now i mean we're talking about a couple of weeks and next thing you know you're you're painting joe kelly in the middle in inside a a a real as joe will say like a innocuous sort of relief pitcher in the world of maybe yeah. those who don't pay attention but uh how does that come about where do you get the call from the dodgers and say hey you know, listen we got an idea or do you pitch it how does that work so with this one the Dodgers reached out to me because obviously they've been in the news a decent amount for some stuff you know off the field lately. So like, we needed to revamp the, the mural you did for during the twenty twenty World Series team, change a few, change a player up, do some different things. I was like, okay, if I'm doing that and I'm already there, and you guys are on the road for five days, can I do something that's fun and light in addition to that? So I broached the subject of, I was like, what are the two things that make me laugh the most? When I think about the Dodgers, I think Joe Kelly and then Freddie Freeman dancing. And I was like, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Joe and see how the reaction is. And at worst, maybe I'll pivot to Freddie dancing on second base. And they went for it, and it was like her uh, when they actually said yes. And I'm like looking around, like Dodgson, no one has their own mural, Dodgson. Even like Kershaw and Mookie and them share a wall with other guys. And like you said, Anaki's relief pitcher has his own giant wall right when you walk in by himself. And I don't know. I read something when I was doing that top baseball series a couple of years ago, like the Project 70 thing, and. I'm looking at everyone else is doing like Mike Trout, Shohei, Mookie, and I'm doing like Joe Gonsolin and Gratterall. And people are like, who the hell? It's almost like, who the hell are these guys? But I was like, dude, like, I'm a reliever myself. Like, these guys got to get some love. And when they got personalities to match, it's that much better. 
Well, also, so you have you have a good perspective of this, not only because you went to the same college as Joe, and we talk about Joe a lot on this podcast because honestly, Joe, it's the like the whole baseballs and boring thing was born from from Joe. It was we were trying to do the book. He didn't have social media, so like, okay, this reverse engineer it and let's make T-shirts and start a start a whole thing, right? So we did. So this he, he's the godfather of this whole thing. This is why we talked about him. But it is crazy, especially when you go through the publicity of a book. Like, he's in Chicago. Okay, he's popular in Boston. But it's kind of crazy, like, how it's just, like, this sweet spot with Los Angeles. And this is the the next example of it, right? I don't know if there's another player in all of baseball that has this sort of weird dynamic where people are just drawn to him in this particular area. I mean, you can explain it better than I can because you're in the middle of it. Honestly, the closest thing I can compare to Joe in sports would be Jason Kelsey in Philadelphia, where you've got like a blue-collar, hardworking guy. He's like not necessarily a star, but he has star qualities. And dude, like the Joe Pouty face thing was at a time where people couldn't go to the stadium. We were all watching this on TV. Like, I think part of the reason that mural hit so hard was that it gave Dodger fans a place to congregate and be amongst other Dodger fans. And Joe doing that, he, she showed attitude. Like, you look at hockey teams when they know them an enforcer or like the Angels who are historically boring. They need that personality. And Joe brought that to LA and it gave, you know, the, the people of LA something to go, yes, he's fighting for us. And I think capturing that, like any, and truth be told, I mean, Kobe's the greatest icon of LA sports arguably ever, but there's a million Kobe murals. When you find the people and the things that kind of stick out as moments, I think those are the ones that they don't necessarily have the same magnitude to everyone but the people who are into the into the team or into that era dude like it like those are the ones that really hit home for me yeah so a couple of things you said like really like resonate is that number one you you, re- you have to remember the covid year people just wanted to latch on to anything they could do in public right so that was a, a, a symbol uh you talked about you know having someone fight for you I and mean, that's how dodgers fans felt we were robbed in 2017 even though joe wasn't even on the team it's like hey you you yeah. stuck up for help and people like that i mean los angeles people like that. everyone likes that right so yeah and I, he was fighting for cora he was fighting he was fighting a million causes at once and all of them he was in the right he was fighting you know manfred he was he pretty much did was saying what everyone didn't really have the balls to say right or that yeah. was already thinking yeah <laughs> Right, right, exactly. I mean, nobody, who, nobody, none of those guys who got immunity are having murals made of them. At least ones that people want exactly. to outside Houston. But uh, so, yeah. but you were, you know, it's also what's fascinating, Jonas, is like, you know, the, how you're inspired by this stuff, how the, you're inspired to do this stuff, and um, and this, you know, all the different awesome things that you've done. I think there's probably a million different stories, and I've heard this, and I. You know, we've had the story about how you came the pouty face, but if you could take me through that again, you were in Atlanta, right? Absolutely. I was in Atlanta and a, a rainstorm hit and the construction on the place I was painting was going slow. So I had way too much time in my hotel room. I remember the Blue Jackets were on TV. Like, it was, yeah, it had to be COVID here. So there was like nothing to do in Atlanta either. So I'm watching a hockey game. I don't care about the, it was like 12 periods. And I'm like, screw it, I'm going to paint Joe. Like, it, it just happened, that whole thing. I'm like, I'm not in L.A., but, like, that's resonating with me, and I've got literally nothing else to do right now. So I painted on a canvas with a nice swing. It was probably over two rainy nights in a, in a whatever, Marriott in Atlanta. And I throw it on my Instagram, NJT, uh, Justin Turner, reaches out, like, 12 hours later. Like, dude, Joe, Joe loves this. Can you do another one when you get back in L.A.? And I'm looking at my Instagram, and the comments are coming and coming. I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to get one up this. When I get back, I'm finding a wall. 
And it was Labor Day that year, I think. And the Astros were coming to town a couple of days later. I was like, I'm making this happen. I'm, I'm just going to find that Floyd was closed for the holiday. So I'm just going to take over their parking lot. One of those it's easier to ask forgiveness and permission things and just do a giant Joe that people have to pass <laughs> on the way when they're hitting sunset in the way of stadium. I was like, what, what would Joe Kelly do? He would just paint it. So I was like, I'll, I'll count that. And, and, dude, and now that Floyd's actually gone and the new business kept the Joe mural. They, oh, so the, what is it? Is it it's like, is it a barbecue place now or something? Is it, what I is think it? it's a, I think it's a fake tanning place to be honest. Oh, is it? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been over there in a minute, but yeah, some people send me photos and dude, it's like, it survived. <laughs> it's, it's oh, a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even on, while on, I was in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's 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 an iconic thing, and and like like we talk about now, he comes back, and you know we're having the ball. I've never seen a turnaround for a bobblehead night in my life in Major League Baseball like they turn around the Joe Kelly Mariachi bobblehead night. But you know, and now I want to relate a little bit. We had um uh, last week we had on a musician Steve Wynn um, from the Dream Syndicate. Mm -hmm does the baseball project, does it with some of the guys from REM. And I had such a blast talking to him about sort of the correlation of baseball and music. He had a great line about how we're talking about pitch clock. Cause I'm pretty sure they didn't have a, a clock on the grateful dead while they were tuning their instruments. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, like that's great. Yeah. But, but, yeah. Uh, but I want to relate it to sort of what you do first of all, physically. Okay. So I, I had seen where like, this isn't just, Hey, we're going to do this in an hour and call it a day. I mean, this is like, yeah. this is a taxing thing. Like to, to do the mural, this is fresh in your head because you just did it. To do that mural, like that's a thing. Like that, that's like, okay, let's activate the core for, for 10 hours. Yeah, and people always forget the most important part of the face is the highest part up. So I'm on a ladder going up and down, up and down. Usually there's like liability stuff at the stadium. So I'm like, you know, like an 18 foot ladder doing Joe's eyebrows. I'm like, dude, this is a workout. And, but it's like the baseball thing definitely pays off. Like people think of artists and think of like, you know, like stoners, like just getting drunk and painting. And that might work if you're in the studio and you're Picasso, but when you're on like a ladder all day in direct sunlight, like it's, it's a workout. <laughs> it was so, so for, for you, like, so you were a pitcher and, and yes. uh, this is a, maybe it's a cliche question. So I apologize, but is there any sort of correlation? Like when you talk about, you know, we know what a pitcher does. We know like the concentration a pitcher has to have. And you got into the the world of murals like a little bit later, but did, as you were sort of doing it, could could you say, okay, my talent here led me to this talent here? Again, maybe a cliche question, maybe there's no correlation, but I want to throw it out there anyway. I'd say the two most direct correlations, besides obviously using my right arm for both, is that when you're on the mound, you're in front of a million people, not a million, but a ton of people, like some are cheering for you, some cheering against you. But either way, you're directly in the spotlight. And when you're painting a mural, it's the exact same feeling. So you literally have to have that same sort of tunnel vision and just focus on the wall. And you can still engage a little bit. Like, obviously, Joe does. He throws crazy baseballs from Mariachi jackets or whatever. But, like, yeah, it's a lot of, like, the same. And the, I'd say it's more of the, like, the same, just focusing on the wall, not what's going on around you. And then also just having the, the, re like the same sort of regiment that you do when you're playing, like, get up, conditioning, all that stuff, like, you know, study, do that stuff. Like when I'm painting, it's like, okay, do the prep work for tomorrow, get to the wall, get all my stuff out. Like same, the routines are very, very similar. And I think that sort of like knowing how to handle your day and schedule accordingly definitely carries over. Does your arm then, hurt? Yeah. Having a resource. Yeah, yeah, dude, especially a lot. 
and like my wrist and fingers. Yeah, definitely a, a lot like throwing a bunch of splitters. <laughs> Does it really? I mean, do you still, you said you had, you had arm problems and that like, is that still a thing? Is that like crop up? Oh man. <laughs> it's, I'm a little bit, luckily long enough time has passed. It's not too bad, but yeah, there are days, especially when I'm like rolling out the wall to like prime where it's going to go, that I'll be like, ooh, my shoulder's a little bit sore. Like I was a side armor, so I'm not used to doing that much stuff over my head. <laughs> that's right um so what was it what's now having done joe twice now what is the what is the the most difficult part this is a question that nobody thought anyone would ask but the most difficult part about painting joe kelly <laughs> actually you know what there was a third one dude, dude i forgot i did the one way i did that we got the world series and made the pouty oh, face with the ring that was a tough, that was the toughest one because he had, the, he had the, the, the facial hair that he had like a five o'clock shadow and doing all the little hairs with the biggest pain oh, um right. luckily with joe he had pretty high quality photos like i'd say on the pouty face one of those tricky finding one that actually looked like looked like him or an action shot it wasn't like getty images took all these great photos of him it was just him you know making a funny face with like a still frame from the video but honestly all- with all these guys is making sure it actually looks like him no, it's it's also I would imagine for I'm just thinking about the pouty face. Like, hey, I don't want to make this lip like jet out too much. You know, it yeah. has to be just right. And I think you nailed it. Yeah. Like, Thanks. So, yeah. yeah. It, and it's 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 also it's all like people are so funny though. Like I you almost have to like just do it to where you're happy with it because you could paint something that looks nothing like anyone. People on Instagram be like, You really captured him. Or you could paint something amazing, people will be like, That sucks. You should have painted Kobe. So it's really just doing it for like what I, what I love and hoping that everyone else like gets where I'm coming from. And I'm sure dude, like even painting Joe at the same, I guarantee someone's thinking they're going, why do you paint Joe instead of Jackie Robinson or Freddie Freeman or like one of the, or one of the major doctors. Jo- and like, dude, to, to the artist, Joe's who he wanted to paint. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, two last things is that the, the second thing is going to be, I'm going to ask you the question, why baseball isn't boring and there's no wrong answer. Uh, we've asked the commissioner, the managers, GMs, and everything. There's no wrong answer, so it's all good. Um, the one that uh, – I have a question about, you know, we talk about pitching, we talk about playing, and, you know, you get in the zone. I mean, there's just like some games – I don't know, did you – what was your what was your best baseball game ever? This isn't the question. I, when I, I mean, when I was younger, when I was still a starter in, like, high school, I threw a bunch of no-hitters. I don't think anyone had ever seen a side armor before, but – I remember when I was playing in like the New England summer league or somewhere, one of those, I think any CBL or something as a reliever, I came out and threw nine straight sliders and struck out the side. And oh. I was like, wow, I feel like a, w- a wizard right now. Oh, <laughs> all right. Where, moments where, you're like, where, where did you play in the NECBL? BL? What I team? played in Willimantic. I was on the Eastern Tides who became the Thread City Tides. All right. And I remember okay. being, at, I want to say it was, against, it was against like, it was against Newport, Rhode Island, like the goals, I think. Yeah, the, the man, like, you're legit, like, no hitters in high school, but, so anyway, at least, so, you've done, so what is the mural that you've done, where, and they're all good, man, like, they're all good, I'm not just saying that, they're all good, they're all great, but what is the one that you felt, you, like, you finished, like, I nailed it, I nailed it? That's a tricky question, and that, because, like, if they were all, like, sports murals, they're all one subject, it would be an easy one, but, like, the giant one that's, like, Touch of Venice is, like, in my neighborhood and it's so big and just such like a part of my community and it's one of my it's one of my first huge murals that like that's always gonna be top three um the kobe one i did at grand Central market of like the 2010 championship where all the confetti like it just i felt like that's one of those like wow i really got that one right 
And then honestly, the, the pouty face Joe is like still one that I felt connected me to the city about as much as anything I've ever done. And the list constantly changes. I'll, like I'll do one of the, man, that's my favorite. Like for a while it was a Bourdain one I did when he passed, but then like if I had to be there to do almost the greatest hits and the like, greatest one. And then there's some every once in a while I'm like, man, I totally missed. Like when your pitcher comes in and gets rocked, like, but then luckily with paint, I can go back out and usually fix it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what when, in that respect, like you said, like you finished the Joe one, you felt good about it. The first one, the pouty face one. And, and was it, but did you expect you'd finish it and you're like, Oh, okay. It's on the side of a barbershop. I hope people see it. Did you, did, did the reaction to it like surprise you? That, yeah, that blew my mind. I, some of them like it, even, like, I guess some of the Karate Kid stuff I did way back when, because I was a fan of Karate Kid, like, I didn't realize quite how strong some of these things, like, attached to people's, what they like, too, like, the Joe one, Karate Kid, like, some of these that are almost, counterculture is the wrong word, but that, are, that you don't really expect that reaction from, and then you get it, and it's so cool to be like, okay, that really resonates, like, I just did a, like, a Scotty Doesn't Know one in West LA from, like, Euro Trip, and it was kind of like, you know, not everyone knew the movie, not everyone knew the reference, but those who did, like, it really connected to it and like that's so cool and i felt like joe was that times like 20 and i'm i'm so excited to see how it goes tomorrow at the the bobblehead game there are gonna be so many (laughs) photos i mean so many and you and uh you are gonna like forget about joe like he's playing a baseball game you're gonna be in amongst the people i like they're gonna be asking for your autograph all over the place so dude uh, if joe comes in to pitch tomorrow it's gonna be one of the best reactions ever like i can't it's gonna be a wild thing in major league, dude. It's, I'm like waiting for that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it is crazy. The whole dynamic is so like. I mean, believe me, I'm happy for it. Believe me, I'm happy for it. Yeah, you know, book sales are great. Yeah. So, um, so I, the last thing, like I said, I just like no wrong answers. Why isn't baseball boring for you? For baseball, boring for me just for partially the human element. Watching these guys who have such a finite window of their careers, like just connect with their their teammates, their city, just really how they show their, like every player I enjoy watching, whether it be a weird delivery, like Rogers up in San Francisco or a weird personality, like uh Granky or someone who's passionate as Joe, like just, it's a human element that makes the most entertaining to me. And then the, just excitement, like watching Gratterall throw in front of his mom the other night, the human no. mixed with watching him try and get the Tigers out. Like where this a combination of that it's, these guys' careers are so pretty much short besides a few lucky ones that you know that you only have a quick window to watch this happen and you're going to remember these moments for the rest of your life. Like, that's what makes baseball not boring to me. Oh, that's a good answer, man. I knew you have a good one. I knew it. Um, Thanks. <laughs> hey, is there, so is there anything you want to plug? Anything at all? Like, the uh, anything you – the floor is uh, yours. Just hoping – I mean, I never in a million years thought I'd be able to paint, like, SoFi – Dodger Stadium, Staples Center. I never thought this stuff would happen. So it's such a dream. I just hope that I can continue doing painting the things I love in the places I love. Like it's the longer I can do this, the longer the guys I like can stay on the mound and longer they're good subject matters to paint. I'm, I'm all in. All right. Well, you're again, you're an ambassador. Joe's the ambassador, but you're a co-ambassador uh, because we, we, we need okay. a cabinet. We need a cabinet. You're artistic ambassador for baseball. So I appreciate Jonas. Thanks so much, man. Uh, Proud title. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me, man.